Good afternoon. This is Alicia Bales. I'm live in the studio with our Friday coronavirus Q&A with Mendocino County Public Health Officer, Dr. Andy Corrin. Welcome, Andy. Hello. Hello. Uh, It's great to have you here live, uh, prepared to answer listener questions after giving us an update about how Mendocino County is doing in the coronavirus pandemic. We know the drill. We've been doing this weekly for many, many months now, but we're not through this pandemic and you have vital information for us this Friday afternoon. You're right. We're not through with it by a long shot. So let me update you uh, the data as of uh, just a couple of days ago. Uh, Worldwide, the pandemic actually seems to be improving in cases, including India. But Brazil, South America, Russia, and Iran seem to be exceptions, and they're going up. In the United States, cases, deaths are also decreasing. The cases uh, in the last, uh, the cumulative cases uh, today were 33,327,273, in the United States and deaths 596,445. But uh, these are decreasing except for the hot spots in the Midwest, uh, the Northeastern Rockies, the Southeast, the Great Plains states, with all with lower vaccination rates. So it's a swath of the United States that's not doing so well, but the, uh, the coasts and generally in the North and Midwest, it was a problem last month. Uh, is getting out of their uh, their surge. In California, the daily cases, the test positivity, hospitalizations, and deaths are the lowest in a year. Total cases are 3,686,689, and the deaths are 62,092. The test positivity, which shows us the activity of this virus currently, is down to 0.6 to 0.9% and the R value uh, that shows spread is really shrinking. But Mendocino County, Humboldt and Shasta and Siskiyou are significantly higher in case rates, which are ranging from 6.3 to 9.1, and test positivity, which is ranging from 2.9 to 8.5. In Mendocino County, just uh, focusing down a little closer, we are in a surge. We have seen daily average case rates over eight per day per 100,000 population. These are concentrated in Ukiah, Redwood Valley, and Willits. And today's dashboard shows a slight decrease of 6.78, but this is very variable because we're such a small county. That's still way into the red tier, and uh, it's not where we want to be. The test positivity now is 4.5%. We continue to be assigned to the yellow tier based on the data from several weeks ago. Uh, But in the weeks ending May 15th, May 23rd, and May 29th, uh, our metrics have been high and out of the yellow tier metrics. Um, The state probably doesn't want to set us back to orange or red because we're a week away from the last, um, 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 uh, you know, the, the blueprint assignments. Testing rate has fallen statewide, but Mendocino is now only 220 100,000 per day compared to over 400 five months ago. This clearly limits our ability to contain outbreaks early by finding uh, pre-symptomatic or asymptomatic cases that can still pass it along. Our total cases now are 4,232, of whom the Latino population has suffered 2,000 
and 53. In the hospital currently, there are three in med-surge and five in the ICU. These numbers are increasing at an alarming rate and suggest even more cases to come. The deaths as of this morning are 50. Today was the latest person who died, an elderly Native woman who had been uh, in the ICU for three weeks. For those who feel they are young and strong and cannot and can withstand the infection, uh, the numbers who are getting sicker are younger, and we actually have a young man less than 40 in the intensive care unit now struggling for his life. Note that all these cases are in the unvaccinated population. These are clear uh, characteristics of a surge in Mendocino County uh, <clears throat> with a continuing rise in numbers of cases and test positivity, hospitalizations, uh, and, uh, and so forth. But if we think of this only as affecting the unvaccinated, the surge percentages are actually higher in that population because we already have 60% of people or more, and I'll get to that in a minute, who are, who are vaccinated. The, the change in tier to orange would not affect much in terms of the closures. Uh, and I think that's also one of the reasons why the state doesn't want to put us back that much right now. In terms of outbreaks, we are not seeing any current outbreaks. Uh, so this rise is driven by what we call community spread for the most part. So what does that mean? Most are spread actually in households and among friends and then brought to work or school. Some individuals now we're finding are not self-quarantining when they have symptoms and get tested or when they are told by a friend or a relative that they were positive and they're now in close contact. So they're not quarantining. Uh, and then they pass it on to household members, elders, the more vulnerable, or even infants. Some are refusing to talk with our contact investigator contact tracers. Please remember, we call to control the spread of this infection and refusing to discuss that blocks our efforts and also our offer of assistance to those who may need it. Several cases who were symptomatic continued to work with mild symptoms, thinking they had allergies or a, or a simple cold, um, and they exposed others. So we're also watching high-risk exposures even before they become formal outbreaks. The formal outbreak now is defined as five epi-linked cases in a workplace. But even if we find one person uh, who is in a high-risk occupation, like a food server or someone like that who comes in contact with a lot of people, we're going out and inspecting these uh, businesses for safety issues to discover them, to inform, to teach, uh, and, and uh, not initially to penalize. Actually, the businesses have been very cooperative with the Department of Public Health, and we very much appreciate that. But please remember, people with symptoms should be tested and they should not work until they know the test is negative. It usually is uh, within a day now if they get a PCR test and if they get the faster antigen test, it's 15 minutes. We've had a few cases in the past that have been, and now we have one that's related to school teams, but clearly associated with socializing after the game in spite of regular testing for sports that have shown these people have been negative. We've caught several people before they got involved in sports with the regular sports um, surveillance testing. And then, of course, we were able to protect the rest of the team. Um, some classes had to be quarantined. So our cases are still predominantly household, community spread, 
involving also eating in break rooms and socializing, which will only increase in the upcoming graduation and holiday season. So I want to turn to variants now. We know we've talked about that in the past. We have several variants uh, that have been found in Mendocino County. Uh, first, we started off with the California variant, which is a little bit more um, uh, faster spreading than the native variety um, uh, COVID. The UK variant has shown up in small numbers in Mendocino County in the last several weeks. Uh, that spreads a little bit faster. And the Brazil virus has shown up, one, or, I think, two times now. Uh, that is a little faster spreading and may have some resistance to the monoclonal antibodies. Um, in the neighboring counties, there have been more varieties, some that are aggressive, causing more disease, and some, like the India variant, show resistance to medications. But there's not significant resistance to the vaccines at this point among any of the ones that we see in Mendocino County, but that's none yet. We can assume the variants are here in Mendocino, and it may be causing some of our current surge. Not having as much testing means we don't have as much insight into what's going on. The state is improving its whole genome sequencing with the, with the um, coordination of many laboratories around the state in an organization called COVID-Net. Um, and we're trying to get more focused here in Mendocino County, especially while we are in this surge. Um, but we need to get more unvaccinated people testing, and that's very important in order for that genome testing to be uh, important. For now, the variants are sensitive to vaccines, so we can defeat them with vaccines and, of course, masking and distancing. So let's turn to vaccines. I've said this uh, for the last couple of weeks, the vaccine supply is adequate. Uh, eligibility includes all those people who are over 12 years old, Although those who are 12 to 18 years old are only eligible for the Pfizer vaccine. Um, we are working with schools and with smaller groups. Next week, the county has 18 clinics scheduled around the county um, with our traveling teams. And that doesn't include the, uh, the clinics and the vaccines that are available through our partners in the FQH seats. Um, Walk-ins are welcome at all these clinics. We also usually have a choice of vaccines at our, at our events, so people can, if we list it as, as uh, for example, um, Pfizer, there's probably a Johnson & Johnson available, or Moderna, there might be Johnson & Johnson or Pfizer available. We really want to make sure that the, the Pfizer vaccine is around for, for the kids who are less than 18 years old. Now, another thing that's really cool um, is that the vaccines are free and the state has this new program for $50 gift certificates, gift cards, for the first 2 million people who get their first shots. And in addition, you get entered into a raffle for $50,000 and up to $1.5 million who get those shots before June 15th. Uh, so there are also local incentives uh, that are offered by some of the retailers and kids are eligible for the small and the big prizes. And I have some breaking news. One of this week's $50,000 winners is here in Mendocino County. So, wow, get your vaccines and be the next one to win 50 grand. All right. So adolescents are now being offered their COVID vaccines at their primary pediatric and family, and family medicine providers. And these can be given at the same time as any other vaccine 
And that's true for children and adults. That's a change in some of the recommendations that have come from the CDC and uh, VFC and the other vaccine organizations in the country. So it'll make it more efficient for people to just go in and get a vaccine and catch up their kids before they go to school. We continue to outreach the agricultural workers, disabled, homebound, uh, healthcare workers at hospitals and nursing homes and long-term care, as well as small businesses and now with pop-up clinics. So if there's a group out there that has five or 10 people that want to get vaccines, give us a call. Uh, we're sentin people, uh, in some cases, Laytonville is sending people down dirt roads uh, to get some of those growers vaccinated. And, and that's great because otherwise we'd never get our county vaccinated. The verification is decreased. You just self-attest that you are who you are and where you live. You want to give them the right address so you get your awards because, you know, we can't send the award to, to the wrong address. Uh, Walk-ins are accepted and we usually, like I said, have a choice of vaccines. Next week events are really too numerous to name off, but I want people to know they should check the county website or I'll, I'll say the number for the county is 707-472-2633. And for NCO that helps us also with uh, setting up appointments, uh, 707-467-3239. And myturn.ca.gov is available for those who want to do it through the computer or for the phone line 833-422-4255. And again, all these have uh, uh, Spanish language uh, people on the other end. So we're also increasing health education to increase interest and to combat hesitancy and some misinformation. We're using social media and radio, flyers, and soon billboards. We have new PSAs that have been finalized, I just heard before, uh, before this broadcast, and Nuestra Alianza has some incredible uh, PSAs and spaces also put one together uh, with uh, some, some kids. So let's get on to vaccine distribution. As of May 31st, 81,602 doses have been given out to 47,000 people in Mendocino County. That is 63% of our population over 12 years old. These have been part, oh, I just should say it differently. 63% of those over 12 years old have had at least uh, one vaccine. And that's compared to California's 64.6. So we're doing pretty well. And 51.8% are fully vaccinated. Mendocino County is in the top 20 counties in the state and number one in the Northern California Sierra region to be fully vaccinated. And we're doing very well from an equity perspective as well. Uh, the distribution uh, to those groups who are traditionally least served is doing very well. So this is great work on the part of our partners and our county teams. But as I go through this data, I want to uh, point out something differently than I usually do um, because we're seeing a decrease in the numbers of people who are getting vaccinated. I want to share the numbers of people in each group who are not vaccinated. And it gives an idea of the population who are still really vulnerable and we really want to focus our efforts on them. In the first quartile, the lowest resource 50% are vaccinated, but 43% are still not vaccinated. In quartile number two, 60.9% are vaccinated, but that leaves 39.1% who are not vaccinated. Among the Hispanic population, we've done better. 51.5% are vaccinated, 
but at least 48.5% who are not vaccinated. And among Caucasians, 59.6% are vaccinated, but at least 40.4% who are not vaccinated. And in the age groups, we would expect those uh, from 12 to 17 to be the least well vaccinated because it's just started. And it's true. 27.3% are vaccinated, but there's 73% to go. The, the most concerning group, I would say, of all these are those who are between 18 and 49 uh, years old. 53% of them are vaccinated, but 40 47% are not vaccinated. And the other disappointing uh, fact that we've gotten from our epidemiologists is for those people who are just out of here, um, for those people who are over 50 years old, those 50 to 64 and over 65, 74.4 and 74.3 of these older vulnerable uh, groups have been vaccinated, but it's plateaued. And both of them together, it's 26% of those people still need to get their vaccinations. So it's important to look at this from the point of view of community immunity or herd immunity. That's really a theoretical status. So up until this month, I was hearing 70%. I'm starting to hear 80%. We clearly have a ways to go, but it is within our reach. So analyzing those numbers who, so we're now analyzing those numbers also who've missed their second dose. So if you've missed your second dose, sign up. It doesn't matter if it's, you missed it by a day, you missed it by a week, or you're three months late. We'll give you your second dose. Come on in. We want to get it and you're eligible for all those cool prizes. With the economy opening up at this point and less restrictions as they talk about beyond the blueprint coming soon, people who may have been putting this off should get their vaccines now and not wait. We need to get back to normal and we really can't do that if there's a substantial part of our population that this vaccine can run havoc through. So there also are, remember, some of our community who can't get vaccinated for medical reasons. They may be more vulnerable, uh, but they can't get it. So it's up to all of us who can get it to get our vaccines. All right. So the summary, I'll just summarize. We in Mendocino are in a surge. It's just like last summer. We're facing graduations, Memorial Day, July 4th, and a summer of gatherings and traveling, plus an increase of variants. And we have a perfect storm coming up with more cases, hospitalizations, and ICU cases and deaths now, uh, this is not a good thing looking forward. So some people want to believe that the pandemic has ended and there's lots of questions about masking and gathering, uh, especially with the blueprint restrictions being withdrawn. But the county is not out of the woods and neither is the state. So we're doing well when we find positive cases, but we need more folks to test more especially if not vaccinated. And if you're called by a case investigators, please be honest and cooperative with them. They are not police. They want to help you to protect yourself, your family, our community, and to get services. We can help you through a period of quarantine or isolation. So speak to, the, to our case investigators and keep the masks on for now indoors unless you are sure that everyone around you is fully vaccinated. If they're fully vaccinated, then, you know, y'all can take off your masks. That's safe. Outdoors, with six feet of distance, masks can also come off. If not vaccinated and you have symptoms, please stay home. Don't travel. Don't socialize. 
don't go to work, get tested, and stay home until you have the results uh, that you don't have the disease. If you're not vaccinated, roll up those sleeves and get vaccinated soon so we can safely return to normal. And if you're vaccinated, enjoy the summer with other vaccinated people. And I'll stop. We'll have some questions. That is quite a report. Thank you, Dr. Corin. Very bad news, I have to say. We haven't had that bad of news in a while. And I think um, one of the things that is is really scary about what you just said, besides the fact that we've had another death in Mendocino County, tragic, tragic, a Native American elder uh, was lost today, you said, our, our 50th death in the county. Yeah. Uh, we have eight people in the hospital, and we have a, a test positivity rate of 4.5%, or an average of uh, eight cases per day uh, happening in this county. Now, the th- the point that I want to draw people's attention to is these are exclusively unvaccinated people. So where we did have these case numbers earlier in the pandemic last summer and at different points along the way, now we're talking about these cases being concentrated among a much smaller pool of people so that the risk of COVID for unvaccinated people is what, triple, quadruple than it ever was before? Can you speak to that? Uh, the risk for unvaccinated people, you can take this uh, daily positive rate and pretty much double it. You know, so if we have what's showing is 6.78, it's 10 to 12 uh, per day among the unvaccinated. These are these um, numbers are divided among our entire population. But as I said before, we have 60% of them who are vaccinated. They're not suffering this disease. 40% of our, our uh, population is now you know, so uh, four out of ten are the P- are the group I of see. people that have uh, that have to suffer this risk. And if we look at these uh, these numbers of daily positives, it's not uh, seven out of the eighty eight or eighty nine thousand people in our community, but it's seven out of let's say forty thousand people. So it's a significantly higher number than appears. And we're starting to tear that down as we get more epidemiological, you know, views of, of our data. Um, and one of the things I pointed out is actually the folks on the coast are doing pretty well. But the folks in the 101 corridor, our major population centers here in, in Ukiah, Willits, Redwood Valley, Potter Valley, uh, you know, and on up are just not getting the vaccinations that they should. So we're, we're pouring a lot more time and energy into mm-hmm. that group. But we need people to come out to the clinics when they're there, make the time and get get the uh, get the vaccine. Well, it's funny to that you've got all of these things to sweeten the pot. Now you've got money prizes, you got gift yeah. certificates, you got a raffle. Somebody in Mendocino County won fifty grand for getting a vaccination. Yep, and we can't say who. I don't even know who. Everybody line up on their door to get a piece of that. Yeah, that would be fair. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to be a late adopter, huh? There's some perks. Um, but even with that, okay, so now let's narrow it down even more. So if the coast is looking pretty good and these cases are concentrated in Redwood Valley, Ukiah, and Willits, that seems to me to even more increase the risk of exposure. What you're painting a picture of is that COVID is here and it is spreading. And people yeah. who are vaccinated aren't getting it. So we're not seeing these kind of lots of different uh, communities get hit. But the but those who are unvaccinated are not only getting it, but getting very sick. You talked about right. somebody uh, who's under 40 who's in the ICU. And yeah. I just I just cannot get over. We haven't had a death in 
in a long time. You know, I want those days to be behind us, but it seems that today we did lose another community member. So, uh, yeah, so as you say, we are not, not, not out of the woods here yet. And, the, and even with all of the perks, the best thing, the best reason to get vaccinated is to not get this illness that is very present here. Right. Um, but, you know, the other thing, as you say that, um, a lot of people feel, well, I can get over the acute illness. But there's more and more information coming out about the long COVID, uh, this fuzzy headedness. The fatigue, it's almost like chronic fatigue syndrome. And, you know, years ago, we were all worried about the tick-borne Lyme's disease and the chronic chronic problems that came from that. And that's what we're worried about with COVID as well. We see the acute ones. It's horrible to see them in the intensive care unit and pass away. Uh, But for especially the young, healthy people, the people who may not even be symptomatic, they're susceptible to this long COVID syndrome, which is terrible. Mm -hmm. So it's a... a a collection of symptoms that just stay with you for a very long time and greatly decrease your quality of life. And for, and you know, the other thing that has been researched and getting a little more publicity lately is the risk to uh, pregnant women and their offspring. So a woman may not know she's pregnant for a while and come in contact with someone who doesn't know they have COVID and boom, she can suffer an illness disproportionately uh, and, and women who are pregnant are young, healthy women, right? Uh, but they can wind up and do wind up in the intensive care unit. There's a higher miscarriage rate, preterm labor rate, and there are problems that happen with the fetus as well in terms of long-term problems. So we really need to get vaccinated. This is not, you know, this is not the influenza. A lot of people say, well, it's just a little more. It's not. It's a much more serious disease. All right. Well, I'm curious, too, before we open up the phone lines, I just want to ask one more question, and that has to do with the rate of vaccination. Do you do you keep track of the the numbers and, and how we're doing kind of average this week or a- average per week and, and how that has changed over time? I mean, I'm sure it's slowed down, but but how many people in the county are getting vaccinated per week? Um, you know, last week was a I don't know whether it was because it was a short week or what was happening but we're usually vaccinating in the range of 1,500 to 2,000 a week. That's a good, that's good. That's a good week. But last week it fell to eight, less than 800. So that worries us also. Hopefully this week will be better. Um, next week we have 18 separate clinics that are scheduled. And we're, uh, you know, we're seeing if, if that'll be enough. We, we want to put more on if, if there's more demand. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, we do follow that. Every week we get a report. Unfortunately, we didn't see big numbers jump last week. Well, I mean, I'd be happy even with slow and steady, you know, just as long as people continue to show up and continue to we continue to build those numbers. Although, no, because we're talking about a race, right? We're talking about a race toward um, snuffing out this, this virus that is so pre- prevalent in our community. So slow and steady isn't the way to how win much, this race. How much fast and steady? Yeah. Just do it. Stop procrastinating and just and That's just right. do it. Um, even as the risk gets higher for for every individual who remains unvaccinated in the county. Um, all right. Well, let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. And if I get any other great brainstorms of things that I'm curious about, I, I'll pipe up. Uh, this is Alicia Bales. I'm live in the studio. On the line with us is Dr. Andy Corin. He's Mendocino County's public health officer, giving us the 
the real story here with what's happening with the pandemic, the bad news. Um, please, if you have questions or uh, observations or, or clarifications you'd like, give a call in. 895-2448 is the number here in the studio, 707 895 2448. Uh, we'll be here until four o'clock. So we've got 30 minutes to, to take your calls uh, about uh, anything that's going on COVID related in the county. Uh, questions you might have about variants or the vaccines or upcoming vaccination opportunities. Um, you have been holding vaccination events in sort of more, less medical uh medical situations and more just kind of out and about in town, right? There was one at the grocery store and <laughs> they've been at schools. Right. How are those going? They're going well. You know, we're satisfied to get 10, 20, 30 people vaccinated in a, in a pop-up clinic. Uh, some of them are shorter. We're doing more later in the evening, in the afternoon and evening to get people who may have been at work. Um, but we're trying to go and have vaccines there where people are. So, you know, when you say slow and steady, it may be a few, but we want it more and more and more. But we're, we're doing so, you know, let me just say for a little county, our team is doing really, really well. And I think people need to be proud of that, but need to be responsive and get their vaccines, you know, but we are. We're really doing very well. And it's a lot of the work of the team that's doing this. It's incredible. You know, we get a call come in. Can you come out to this place and that place? And boy, angels on it. In a minute, so you have you have an arm. I have a vaccine. Let's <laughs> let's get them together, no matter what. Um, yeah, and I, we always sort of were anticipating this moment where we did all of the people who were going to get vaccinated just pretty easily have done it, and now we're left with a significant part of our community who needs a little more coaxing, a little more encouragement, uh, maybe a little more accessibility. Do you find in these kind of pop-up events in public that people are like, well, okay, yeah, okay, I'll go. Like they have the impulsive reaction where they're like, well, since you're here, I guess, yeah, give me the shot. Or how, how are people? Well, you know, I'm not down to the clinics every day. So that kind of feedback, I wish I did get. But no, I think people are dropping in who are, you know, they've made up their mind. They want to get their vaccine. Mm -hmm. Of course, kids who wants to get a shot in the arm. Doesn't uh, hurt, but, though. You know, but, but they understand. And I think other people understand this is the way to get back to a normal life. We want to get, you know, kids back into school and, and uh, playing in the fields and enjoying and doing what kids do. And, uh, and we, we do this with them when they're little kids, too, for their preschool vaccinations. Um, but no, I think when people have made their decision, they come in and they get their shots. There's some squeamishness about the shot itself. Um, and there still is some reticence because there's a lot of um, um, rumors that pass around and, uh, and uh, anti-vax kind of information. And some is not just anti-vax. Some is just rumors that, hasn't, that people have confusion about and they have misinformation. So we try and get as much about that out as possible. Yeah, well, let's talk about that in a moment. But uh, it looks like you've, you're going to have in just a, an hour and a half or so, uh, you're going to have a, a first dose Pfizer opportunity to get your shot at Food Max in Ukiah <laughs> from five to seven o'clock today. Go. So anyone over the age of 12 can go uh, while you're getting your your groceries, you can go and get a shot at Food Max in Ukiah from five to seven o'clock tonight. 
Let's get them lined up around the corner. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's like you might be just like going to the post office and there are people giving shots. You know, it's like we're getting to that point. We do have a call, so let's go ahead and okay. see what's on our caller's mind. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. We do have a call, so let's go ahead. Hey, caller. Can you turn your radio off? All right, it's one of those ghost callers who calls in and we just hear the radio. Thanks for that call. We'd love to actually have a question, though. 895-2448. That's the number to call here in the studio, 707-895-2448. So what are some of the the misinformation, what is some of the misinformation about the vaccines that you're continuing to hear in the county? What is keeping people from getting their shots these days? You know, a lot of people are saying that they want to wait. This was invented and developed too too soon. Uh, and they want to see more people get it. And, you know, it's important to understand that these technologies have actually been around for decades, even the mRNA vaccine. Uh, so I was surprised to do, you know, one of my colleagues did some research on this. And uh, let me take a look at what he came up with. Uh, in 2003-2004, uh, they were using the mRNA vaccine, uh, let me just see here, uh, for the first SARS epidemic that we had back then. Um, and it has been used uh, in other situations. I just want to look at this to be more accurate. Uh, not seeing what I want to see. Uh, so here it is. Okay, so they were made in record time because they were they were able to. The government paid forward to set up the manufacturing capabilities. That's why it happened in six months. But the technology, the the development of these types of vaccines, and understanding how they were so uh, effective and so safe goes back 20 years. Um, the technology was also uh, used, uh, let's see, it was also used da, 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 in other vaccines. And, and the, uh, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is the same technology as used against Zika, influenza, respiratory syncytial virus, RSV, HIV, and malaria. Uh, and so all these vaccines have had a long time in research and use in the public in other settings. It was fast to produce it. And the reason it was fast is because the government paid billions of dollars. You know, it was somewhat of a gamble, but, but it paid off because they were able to redevelop this vaccine using those technologies and prove that they were safe. So it's not a new vaccine. And now it's been given out to hundreds of millions of people, and they are very safe. All right, we have a caller. Yep. Caller, are you there? Yes, thank you. Um, Thank you for the show. I have an elderly friend who is reluctant to leave her home to receive the vaccine, and I wondered if there are any mobile clinics available um, on the coast that could come to her home. Yes. we can. First of all, it can be arranged through... um, my, um, through my turn, and they'll actually send somebody out. But also, if you call our our vaccine line, we will work it out either with our 
the county or one of our partner clinics. We'll get that. We are, we're making home visits to get people who are homebound. Uh, and we've been doing that for a few months. Good question. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. All right. Thank you. 895-2448. That's 707-895-2448. We're on the line with Dr. Andy Corin, our Mendocino County Public Health Officer, who has just about as much information as you could ever want or need about Mendocino County's local coronavirus efforts, uh, response to the pandemic. Uh, it's been a long slog, but uh, we're getting into some of the probably the m- most difficult part of this pandemic i think as we have the ways to prevent it but we still have it uh going moving through our community in in quite high numbers let's take our next caller hey caller you are live on the air yeah hi thanks uh thanks for the show um can people from another county get um a shot here vaccine yes I'll, I'll quickly answer that. Yes, they can. We don't care where they've had it before. We want to get those shots into people and protect our society. It, it would be oh. worthwhile if they have a vaccine card to bring that with them. So we make sure we give them the right vaccine uh, to follow up. We don't want to follow up Moderna with Pfizer or vice versa. Uh, we want to make sure it's the same. But if they know which vaccine they've had, uh, yes, they can get it out of county. Well, uh, let me explain shortly my situation. I volunteer at a dog rescue, okay? I walk dogs, have been for the past decade. Um, I've had both my shots. Um, The two staff members that are uh, on daily uh, call, they're from Lake County, and I've asked them if they've had shots. Uh, I, in fact, over the months, I've kept asking, and I always get no. Uh, that Lake County uh, isn't uh, giving shots to uh, to anybody except. Here's the phrase: tribal members. I I haven't asked for an explanation of that, but I'm just wondering if it's a. Uh, put on I've, I've asked them directly do you want shots do you want to get shots um both of them said uh i would be the first in line if uh if the if the county offered us uh shots so hmm. what's what's going on here Fascinating. so 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 let me let me suggest something first of all uh mm-hmm. you can tell them to call the department of public health in lake county if it's easier to get it But it may be that they're among these uh, people who are 18 to 49 working and have a hard time getting away from work. And then what my strategy would be is to call their bluff on a day that, you know, there's a uh, there's a vaccine clinic near the near where they're working and say, here, go there. It'll take you half an hour, an hour and you'll be vaccinated. And, you know, if they want to do one shot, they can do the Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, if they want to do two shots, you know, just any of the clinics, and they can just drop in. They do not need an appointment. Okay. Thank you, caller. I hope that that clears things up. You can give that information to your coworkers. I'll pass it on. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Bye. Sure. All right. We have another call. Hey, caller. You're live on the air. Hi, caller. You are live on the air. Okay. (laughs) 
Let's try another call. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Oh, thanks. Um, Dr. Corn. I have a, a question about the hierarchy of meeting the needs of um, wellness, so to speak. Um, if our county continues to go up in surging and um, uh, cases of death, uh, do you have the power still to start putting some restrictions on or are we under the state's recommendations? And I'd like to hang up and listen on the air. Great question, caller. Thank you for that. Yeah, what happens next? So there, there are a lot of ways to answer that, and it's not an easy question. We have for several months deferred to the state's uh, restrictions according to the blueprint because writing those orders just for Mendocino County is a very difficult to do, difficult to enforce. Uh, and, and then people will question from other County or from our County, why do they do it this way in Sonoma County? Or why do they do it that way? And, you know, another County and here you are here, I just visited San Francisco and it's very hard to show uh, that there is uh, to show those people that, you know, down in San Francisco, the case rate and the test positivity rate is extremely small. So when they're opening, um, when they're opening their restaurants, just like when we opened our restaurants, you know, a month or so ago, we were in the yellow tier. We had lower data, you know, lower metrics than they did. It was amazing to me, but we were. And, uh, but we, but if our, if ours goes up, there's just a general resistance in the population uh, to accepting more restrictions. And it's very hard to, to get that uh, enforced. So that's one of the reasons I'm hesitant to do it. Really, I think that behavior change is is a personal thing at this point. People have to know what's going on. They have to be convinced that their activity can really make a difference, not only to them, but to the community. Uh, and, and a lot of people do it because a lot of the people do these things. Like I go out, I wear a mask and fully vaccinated and have been for months. But I wear a mask for a couple of reasons, but the main reason is for the community. I'm protecting other people in the community. So if we have stronger orders here, the problem is there'll be more resistance. And I'm not sure that we'll really get um, as much compliance to make a difference as we will get pushback and a lot of problems, legal problems and all the rest of it. And so why do that? Well, we, what we're really in the stage of, so the answer is yes. The honest answer is yes, but I don't want to because I don't think it's going to make a difference. If things get worse, I could change my mind. And I can make orders more strict than the state. But at this point, the state has been very, very effective at getting California out of the worst of the pandemic. And they have a tremendous amount of power in terms of their scientific uh, investigation and population studies. And I defer to them. Uh, but that, you know, but I've been in contact with the state. In fact, before this show, I had a talk with our representative from the state. And a couple of days ago, I talked on one of our health officer, you know, lines with the, uh, you know, uh, with the uh, head, the, the director of the uh, uh, Department of Public Health. And uh, when they present information, you know, it's good for the rest of the state. I, I raised my hand and I said, wait a minute, it's not so good for Mendocino County. And, uh, and so they offered and, and we took them up on a, on a private conversation because we do need some special attention. 
And so, and we have this sort of surge happening throughout the region, right? This is a Northern California problem. How does Mendocino County fit into that in terms of how bad or good things are here? Well, it's not every one of the counties. It's interesting. It's spotty. Um, but we are probably one of three. I think I mentioned the other three or four that there are um, that are that are still pretty high up there. And uh, Humboldt is still high. And uh, it was very high in terms of their case rate, but they've been coming down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shasta County was high, and they're starting to come down as well. Uh, but at this point, we're about the third, uh, the third in the group in terms of our numbers uh, in Northern California. And but the other counties are are not so good either. They're in the orange tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only one or two others. We were in the yellow tier. Uh, and there's another county that's in the yellow tier, uh, but we're doing as a group, as a Northern California uh, group, we're doing much worse than the Sacramento, San Francisco, Southern California, uh, the Valley. We're, we're just doing much worse. Oh well, what a distinction to have. Um, let's take our next. Hi. Let's take our next caller. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Thanks for your patience. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, hi. Um, I am calling because I know that there are a number of people who are refusing vaccination but are interested in taking something called ivermectin. Um, I was just wondering if you know anything about it. Could tell me something about it. Yeah. So ivermectin is a medication used for another illness. And I was going to look it up right now because having been out of medicine a while, I don't remember exactly what it's used for. It does not show any efficacy against COVID. So it's it's like uh, quinine and some of the other things that people have said, oh, this works. Let me tell you, you have to take it. It's expensive. There are side effects. It's not worth it. It doesn't do anything. Get a vaccine. Why would people think it would be preferable to take um, a, 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 another medicine? rather than the vaccine? I, I do not know. Okay, I guess we lost the caller. All right, seems kind of odd, but it's ivermectin was the name of it? It's ivermectin, correct. Okay. And uh, I'm going to look this up right now. Um, it's under investigational use. Uh, it's used for uh, worms in the gut. Oh, uh-huh, and scabies. Okay. So these are, you know, nasty, you know, sort of noxious infections people don't like. Uh, and so somebody's somebody's looking at how they how it might work for uh, COVID-19, actually. That's interesting to hear, and I'm glad that the, the uh, caller uh, put me on top of that. But I certainly wouldn't go with that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's investigational until it's proven, and it certainly would not be something I would do in, uh, instead of of one time or two vaccine vaccines, you're done with it, mm-hmm. and your body is now immune. It builds your body up to fight these things, rather than taking a, a, a pill. Uh, that now there may be cases where people really can't get vaccinated, and uh, it may be a useful, a useful thing to think about that. But you know, uh, the common reactions are itching and rashes, and uh, swelling of the lymph glands, headache, muscle aches, and pains. Uh, rapid heartbeat, uh, eye problems, low blood pressure, uh, other problems in the blood, and some other, those are the common ones. 
The uncommon ones are hepatitis, and vision loss. And, uh, there's a, a terrible skin reaction called toxic epidermal necrolysis, seizures, heart problems. Whoa. You know, if you don't have to take this, why take this? Uh-huh. That was my now, question. If your doctor says you can't take vaccinations and you're very, you know, you're very um, uh, susceptible to COVID, uh, and the doctor says, well, this might be an alternative for you, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to stay in the way of that. But All right. But well, now not, the phones are ringing off the hook. So let's see what, what people are thinking. <laughs> Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Oh, psych. Call back, caller. Here we go. Hey, caller, you're live on the air. Hi, yes. Uh, a question about the um, mRNA. Um, uh, yes, I have a question about the... Uh, turn your radio off, caller. It's confusing. It's got a seven-second delay. Okay, thank you. Yeah. And uh, my question is, is the mRNA um, effective against other things besides COVID. Um, thank you. Well, that's a good question. Uh, so what they're doing with mRNA vaccines is taking uh, a little bit of nucleic acid that codes for the spike protein on the virus. And, um, and they, they can put that inside uh, a person who then produces a part of the spike protein that the person's immune system then recognizes as foreign and develops the immune globulins to attack it. There is, you know, you'd have to, you'd have to have another germ that had the same type of protein as the spike protein for it to begin to be effective. And, you know, it's, it's not slam dunk that this, this protein, even if it existed in another virus, would be a good, a good one to attack, to intervene on. It turns out that they were able to find this protein was a protein that if you, if you uh, attack that protein on the virus, the virus couldn't invade the cells. So there's a lot of steps you have to think through. And, uh, no, I wouldn't think that this would be useful for another for another. Uh, but they are looking at the use of mRNA vaccines in other illnesses. Oh, yeah. oh it's a wonderful technology uh, because it has, you know, a lot of effectiveness. Now we've seen the amount of efficacy it has and very few side effects. Uh, and it's relatively easy to produce. You don't have to grow things on agar and, you know, and expose people to other living organisms. Um, so it's, a, it's really a great technology. Um, and I'm sure that they'll they'll be using it for other things as well in the near future. All right, we have another call. It's eight nine five two four four eight. The number here in the studio. We got about eight minutes left here on this program with Dr. Andy Corin and Kali. You are live on the air. Getting a lot of those today. Hello, Kali. You're live on the air. Hi, I was going with the mRNA actually as well, and uh, I. To be honest, I think that the description that was just done was a little bit uh, disingenuous and optimistic. It made it sound like this has been used for 20 years, going back to 2002, etc. Uh, th- that's not the case, and you know it is a big experiment, and 
you know, I'm not some conspiracy theorist. I've been tracking this stuff pretty much nonstop for a year and a half. And we even look at how they're touting the vaccine. It's like, hey, this has never been done before. But I just thought it was a bit much to say that on the air. Like, this is just known to be safe, and it's been out there for 20 years. So I, I thought I would share that. The second thing would be why people looked at other cures for COVID, and I would say that's because worldwide people don't have the vaccine, and so you have countries trying all kinds of things. God bless their souls. Uh, so I would throw that probably in that mix um, as well, but uh, I just I just don't feel that the way that was described is, is, it is accurate. That this is, you know, 20 years, sure, it's been tested, it's great, everyone should do it. I, I just don't think that's accurate. All right. Thanks for that comment, caller. I respect that caller's comments, and I think it's it's important to address. Um, the question is how rapidly this was developed, and the technology has been around for 20 years, almost 20 years. It's not 20 years, 17 years. Uh, and before that, it took a while to develop it. So it's not new technology. Um, so we've had cars for a long time, but the new model cars are new. And there's no question that the new mRNA vaccines for COVID are new. They were just, they were produced very quickly for reasons I said. Now, the question about are they safe and effective? I don't have to quote a lot of things. Look at the newspapers. Look at what's happened, uh, to the, to the epidemic. Since we've had the vaccines, there have been very few severe side effects. And almost no one who's had the vaccine has wound up in a hospital or died. And look at the numbers of deaths in the United States or in California or Mendocino County alone who have died, who have not had the vaccine as a result of this COVID. So I think, you know, if you want to look at us being, you know, some people say, well, this is a big experiment like this caller did. Yeah, but look at the results of the experiment. Just look objectively at the results of this experiment. There are not people going into the hospital or having severe illness from the from the vaccine, and they're not people going into the hospital uh, who are exposed to COVID who've had the vaccine. So I think that speaks for itself. And and it's not a bad point to say that people who don't have access to the vaccines are looking for alternative methods to keep themselves safe. But here in Mendocino County, we are not in that situation. Everybody here in this county has access to the vaccine and does not need to look for weird experimental uh, um, scabies treatments, <laughs> different pills to take. And, you know, you have an effective option, and that is the free and easily accessible vaccination. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. It's going to be our last call. I don't know. Do people just call and hang up? I don't know. Maybe they do. All right. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, we have about four minutes left. You guys are waiting for an impending power outage in your building. So we're going to let you right. go before the lights turn off. Uh, do you just want to leave us with um, some, some last thoughts before we get to the weekend? Yeah. If you're not vaccinated, get tested. If you have symptoms, get tested, stay home, don't travel. If you're vaccinated, have a good time. Tell other people they should get vaccinated and have a great time this summer. And win fifty thousand dollars. Fifty grand, that's right. Or what's the what is the other one? One point three million, did you say? No, no. You know, if you get a vaccine, it's fifty bucks. 
Oh, a guaranteed 50 bucks. And on Friday, yes. And on Friday, well, up to you're the first 2 million people. Okay. So for now, get in there, get your vaccines, you get 50 bucks. Um, you have to finish the course, though. And then every Friday, they give away, I think it's um, 10 $50,000 prizes. And then they give away uh, 15 $1.5 million prizes. They do? Can I get vaccinated yeah, again? <laughs> Can you get a third vaccine? No. <laughs> no. Oh, that's unfair. Anyway, I don't care. Whatever it takes. Whatever yeah. it takes. So, all right. Well, Dr. Corin, thank you so much again, as always, for coming on the air on Fridays to answer listeners' questions. I know that it helps. I don't like the news that you gave us today, but it is important to stay clear-eyed about the situation that we face, and I hate that we have another death in the community. Uh, so it's time to to redouble our efforts, take this really seriously, and stop procrastinating. Go out and get your shots. Hallelujah. All right. We'll talk. We'll hear from you next week for Media Day. Uh, if you just can't get enough of KZYX's COVID coverage, you can tune in Monday at three o'clock for the local coronavirus update with Dr. Drew Colfax. And this uh, this same information will be available as a Spanish update recorded with uh, Jackie Orozco and Periodico El Punto, an interview with Dr. Corin exclusively in Spanish. You can hear that at 5 a.m. on Monday morning. We're running that weekly uh, current information every Monday morning at 5 a.m. So thanks again, Dr. Corin. Thanks, Trevor, for setting this up. I'm Alicia Bales, live in the studio. I'm going to clear out now and, and invite you to have a fantastic, gorgeous weekend. Stay cool and uh, stay safe. And we'll be back with you on Monday. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXMZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.